Welcome to the Balance Code Podcast, a place where you have permission to step outside the hamster wheel of day-to-day life and learn tools to create more balance. My name is Katie Russler. I'm a licensed therapist and burnout and hidden grief specialist. I support ambitious, goal-driven people who are ready to get off the one-way train to burnout and start to enjoy life to the fullest. Oh, and by the way, I'm an American living in Germany who's still learning the language, mom of three and an entrepreneur. Living my balance code is what keeps me able to work in incredible ways without burning out. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to be interviewing Amanda about how doing less means getting more done. And that just feels funny saying. I keep having to like replay it in my head because like, wait, I'm doing less, but more is working out. How is this possible? So Amanda, you're going to be helping us figure out how this makes sense. Because in today's world, we're just doing too much and that's not helping our life balance. Welcome to the podcast, Amanda. Thank you so much for being here. Will you share a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, where you are in the world, and who you serve? Absolutely. I love this conversation, and I agree with you. It does sound really weird. Like That is counterintuitive, and I have been in a place where I thought the opposite completely for years, so I'll talk about that in a minute. I, as you can hear by my accent, I'm Australian, live in Australia. I am in Perth. I live in the port town of Perth, Fremantle in Western Australia. And it is such a big country. It blows my mind. (laughs) And I work as a lifestyle coach, helping high achieving women (laughs) do less. And when they're at that point where they think that they need to do more to achieve more and they're feeling a bit meh and they're not quite sure why. So help them work out the priorities in their life and how they can get excited and bounce out of bed. And that's my jam. Absolutely. Well, you nailed it. And and ambitious people telling them to do less can create a sense of panic almost, right? Like this, like, wait, no, (laughs) my identity is wrapped up in this. So how do you start with somebody who's coming to you and going like, I'm hitting burnout I'm tired of being overwhelmed. I know I need to cut back, but I don't want to. Like, what did you, what did you say to them? Well, this is the thing. When they come to me, I know what they think their problem is and I know what they need and it's completely different. And that's because I was exactly that person, that person that went to a life coach because I didn't need a counsellor. There was nothing wrong with me. Years, 20 years ago, we're talking and I went because I thought I was super disorganized and I thought they could help me be more organized. Exactly. And I remember distinctly sitting in her room. I was seeing her face to face. This was way before I discovered the online world and probably before it really took off as well. And, And she said to me, you can't fit these things into your life, how you expect to be. They're just, it's not possible. There's only 24 hours in a day. And I honestly thought she's not the right person for me. She doesn't understand. I need to find somebody that gets it. Anyway, I stuck with her and it transformed my life. I learned more about stillness and it took years. It took years. But where I start with my clients is looking at how they're spending their time. You can't tell them straight away you need to do less because they're like, "Mm," they have to kind of work it out for themselves. But how are you spending your time? So the 168 hours that we all have in a week, 
how are you spending it versus how do you want to be spending it? And then we dive into the values work and, you know, what do you love doing that you might have forgotten about because you just got so busy? Yeah. Okay. So then demystify it for us. How does doing less equal getting more done? It's a bit like that, you know, the matrix that says you're doing urgent work and important work and it's it's working out your priorities based on the things that light you up. And often when you get so busy, you've actually forgotten, you're just doing, doing, doing all the time, but you've stopped prioritizing in a way that brings you joy and helps you thrive. You just have this constant list that you just keep adding to. And it seems that we just, oh, I want that. Oh, I'm going to add that to my list. And then it's a bit like when you go shopping and you buy new clothes, but you don't chuck anything out. So you'll add things to the list, but you don't take anything away. So, and the busier, you know, the saying, ask a busy person because you'll get something done. Yeah. And and that's what happens. We just keep saying yes because I thought that that's what was role modeled to me. And I just thought you say yes because it's exciting and I love adventure and, you know, my values are adventure, connection and freedom. I didn't realize that I wasn't helping myself create freedom by chucking so many things on my plate. It was, you know, you get sick doing that. But it is more about doing the things that are aligned. And when you slow down, you have space to work that out. You have space to listen to yourself and to listen to those needs that you have that you've kind of let your head rule the roost and you're not listening to your body anymore, if that makes yeah. sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's say somebody's listening and they're like, okay, yes, this is ringing true, Amanda. I, I hear you. Okay. You've brought up values and living in accordance to your values many times. How do we really iron down what our values are? Because a lot of us want to have all these characteristics and values in our lives, what we see around us. But when we get to the core, you've listed three. Like, that's so simple. You know, when I work with clients, they're like, I'm on number 10. Here's number 11. I'm like, oh, that's a lot to live by. That's a lot of pressure on your shoulders, these values. How? How do you identify them and then how do you sort of simplify them down? I have been doing values work for a long time and I love Brene Brown probably has one of the simplest methods and I work around a few models, but what's worked for me really well, because I'm not a great decision maker for anyone that's into uh, astrology, I'm a, a Libran, so I was born with like, like this one or this one or this one. Or right. <laughs> exactly. So so choosing it and narrowing it down to three was really tough. And I look at it as, first of all, looking at what brought me joy in my life. Like when I think back, was it last week or when, when I was a kid, what brought me pure joy and freedom? When was I feeling free and alive? And I do a lot of visualization and meditation work with my clients. I might get them to do a visualization and and think back to that time where they were totally immersed in the moment where they could feel all their senses and what were they doing? And for me, it was in the ocean. I loved the ocean and I was with people and that was just the most incredible place. It, it blew my mind that I went back there, but it's funny how that happens. And then to think about a moment when you were the most proud and to think about those things together and then come up with a list of the adjectives, and if you Google or chat GPT, give me a list of values, you know, <laughs> come straight up. You don't have to look too hard. 
and choosing at least 10, I would say, to start with, and then think narrowing it down to using, I call it the umbrella. So family is important to me and so is connection. And now my kids have left home, family is different, I'm divorced, it's different. So the family can come under connection for me because connection like this with incredible people all around the world I love and it's not just family. So I couldn't have family because then that would rule out. I wouldn't have space for connection. So it's choosing the umbrella ones and the ones that really speak to you. Same with adventure. That's at the top of the list. I love travel and I love all of the different things that come. But for me, they come under adventure and, and the same with freedom. You know, you could have wealth and a lot of other things under the freedom one or above it. So it's just whichever one resonates to you that the other ones are going to fit under. You know, laughter might be one, humor comes under that. Which one do you want the most of? So it's just choosing the umbrella and then those little ones that slot in. Sometimes it can take weeks and months to work it out, but you could choose three today and change it next week. Absolutely. Uh, the umbrella is perfect because then for those of us who are like, but I like so many different, like, ah, under one little container, right? Like, put it in a little container. I think that's a great method. One of the things I had to explore in my own journey of doing too much, and I know some of you are listening and you're laughing if you still feel like I do too much, is how my identity was really wrapped up in the doing. And I find with my clients too, that they don't realize how much being the yes person, the people, either like whatever, however you want to identify it, but staying busy makes them feel important, makes them feel valued, makes them feel not alone, right? There's so many things. And for me, it was about importance because in the dynamic of my home, the one who had the job and was always working towards the next goal and, you know, was the one who seemed the most important in the family. So I had to work through that in my own head. Like that's not, that does not equate. <laughs> like that does not equate. But that is my, that was my own inner child work I had to do. What other things do you find people wrap up in what it means to be busy, to have so much, to, to be doing more thinking that it's actually helping them to get more done too? The people pleasing comes into it. Well, it did for me sort of the saying yes, and what you visualize as success. So for example, I was at one time on five volunteer boards and committees, the school council and the small business center and the chamber of commerce. I lived in a regional town of 20,000 people and so many opportunities came up and I got offered the chance to be the chairman of a board. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've made it. And you know, I was already running two businesses, had kids, and I was addicted to exercise. I was mountain bike racing at the same time. I was married. But, you know, I was doing all of these things. And I just thought, chairman of a board, that is going to sound amazing. When I meet people, right. I'm the chairman of a board. And and even still, like, it feels like I'm proud that I did that. And I feel like that was quite an achievement. And I hated every minute of it. Uh I, I I didn't like some of the people on the board. The management was really challenging. I would dread going to meetings. So that did not align with my values at all. And I thought I was so wrapped up with the identity of things. My mum had volunteered her whole life. And I kind of just thought that's what you should do. Someone asked me I should be really grateful and then go and do it. I never thought about whether I'd like to do it or not. Yeah. 
So it sounds like the more that we go like, are our goals really worth it? <laughs> like, is it really what we want? How do we remove the people pleasing and the feeling of success looks like this and it's going to drive me to burnout? Once we remove all of that out and we see our values, then we start to do less because those values are quite simple, right? Like you said, adventure, you know, there's some travel in there. You know that there's exploring, maybe new restaurants, new things, but it's not a one track thing because you have those three values, but it's much more focused. Then you're able to get more done because your attention is focused. We live in a world where our attention is bought for, right? People, people buy for our attention. And so how do we remove even more of the external so that we can get more done, be more focused and stay in the realm of doing less equals getting more done? There's a few steps to it and it certainly does not happen overnight. So I just want to put that out there. It is a, it is a process. And James Clear, the habit guru, the atomic habit, he wrote Atomic Habits. He talks beautifully about goals. He's just, it, his email is one of my favorites. You know, I'm not encouraging any people to add more to their list, but if you want to declutter your email list and add something that's awesome in that's not there already, James Clear is great. And he talks a lot about goals and the illusion of them being the thing. And you've got to let go of some things. Like you, ha- you don't get to this place of just doing less straight away. The, the next step after the values, I would say, is looking at what's on your list that's negotiable and what can you let go of? Because the letting go is the hardest thing and not filling it with new things that right. are going to make you just as busy. And you can do that down the track if you, you know, you want it all aligns and it's okay and you're getting that time for stillness and you're not feeling like you're exhausted. My clients come to me because they're, they've got no energy, their to-do list is ridiculous, they're overwhelmed, they're at burnout or, you know, getting close and they've already been through it a couple of times before. So, yeah, looking at the list, I remember when I did this work, my coach got me to look at what was a, on a scale of 1 to 10, what was I enjoying doing the most? And, you know, that board like, hit me in the face. Being the chairman was a one out of 10. So then it's prioritizing the bottom of the list and what needs to go and a strategy to let go of those things so that then you can start to realize what brings you joy. I think that's the, the biggest thing is those little moments and those things working out what brings you joy in the moments. And then you can start to get more of a helicopter view of your life. So you can see where you're joyous, where you're not, why are you so busy? You had mentioned earlier about the mountain biking and that you're like kind of addicted to the endorphins. Got it. I was a runner for a long time. So I I know that those of us who had athletics in our, our past, whether growing up or in adulthood, you've taken on a hobby or maybe it's more than a hobby you know, the rush and the, just how that can drive you. And if you've had two or three days off, you feel it. And I feel like sometimes that's the same with doing more. It's this rush and this high, it's the adrenaline, it's the dopamine. And when we simplify our calendar, we, we feel it missing. We feel like I got to put on my running shoes and go, right? (laughs) Like I get to get on the bike. And it's like, no, you don't. So what are some ways of coping and kind of calming down the nervous system as it learns to do less? Such a great question. And so many different 
tools and strategies. And back to the story of my life coach, I remember saying to her, I'm ready to meditate. And she said, how about you just sit for 30 seconds when you bring the kids, kids were little at that time, they're now adults. Just sit for 30 seconds after you've been for your morning walk with them. And I looked at her and I'm like, what, what do you mean I can't meditate for 10 minutes already? <laughs> but she knew me really well. <laughs> so so the, the first thing I encourage is to see what it looks like to fit five minutes of stillness in in the morning before 12. And Marianne Williamson, I don't know if you've heard of her, she's a thought leader in the US and A Course in Miracles, so this similar to Gabrielle Bernstein, some of her work people might have heard of. And I remember seeing her live in Australia. I flew like a four-hour plane trip just to see her because I thought she was amazing. And she said, five minutes of stillness in the morning will is amazing and recommended for everybody and possible for everyone as well. So just even if you start with one minute of just sitting and noticing what comes up, because often we're so busy because we don't want to sit with those uncomfortable feelings that come up when we slow down. Absolutely. And, and our brain will do everything it can to protect us from those uncomfortable emotions. So we'll think of everything on the to-do list. We'll remember something we said three weeks ago that we're mad at ourselves for saying, right? Like everything will come up. I always joke that right before bed is when all the, you know, the replay reel comes up, but it, it will happen in the stillness. So it sounds like what you're saying is anticipate that, but that doesn't mean you stop that five minutes of, of that. Yeah. Diet. Just start to notice. I think noticing is the the awareness is the first step and noticing what comes up when you slow down. Notice the thoughts that say, well, this is ridiculous. I'm just not a person that needs to slow down. You know, I used to think that. Oh, they don't, like like I said, she doesn't understand me. And listen to my voice. I'm speaking so fast because I want to fit it all in. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Oh, and the when you talked about the adrenaline from the mountain biking, it wasn't just that, it was external validation. So that's another point. It's the making sure the house is beautiful when people come over. Yeah. For what? Why? So that they think that you're this amazing person who has a beautiful, clean house. Or I mean, that's what I grew up with. My house was always a mess or my parents' house. And two people came over and then we had to all go around and make sure it looked beautiful. For people to come over and yeah I think it's the letting go of identity I got ill from doing too much adrenal fatigue and I couldn't race anymore and I remember having a massive meltdown and thinking what will people think I like I win races and I get like that was a I was attached to that being on the podium and being this awesome yeah. person that did heaps of things and won races and I was so fit and and then I didn't have that. So it's that identity piece as well as that rush. I find when people start like, are you still running? Or, hey, have you been? And I'm like, no, I feel like I'm disappointing them. Like, I'm like, which is so funny because it's not about them. But I'm like, well, I did, but I don't now. It's okay. I do other things, you know. But it, you're right. The external validation is such a key piece. And I think it's a key piece why we do so much as well is to hear great job. That's amazing. Wow. You're just awesome. But we're not doing that enough for ourselves then if we're seeking it always outside of ourselves. Absolutely. And I, Brene also alludes to this. 
seeking outside is a natural human phenomenon. We're always going to want to hear you're amazing and you're really good at those things. And I love that. I do that with my clients. The first thing we do is pause for applause, I call it, at the beginning of each session and we celebrate the wins because so often high achievers, I haven't done anything. I didn't do my actions or I, you know, I've had a really tough week. Well, let's celebrate what you did do and they can rattle off this huge list. And so I know that they love me saying, well, I already know that you did this because we've been in touch during the sessions. Like I know that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So we naturally do want to. And yes, we do need to give it more to ourselves and celebrate going to bed at night thinking, wow, think of all the things I did do today and all of the amazing things I get to do tomorrow because I didn't tick it all off today instead of thinking I haven't done it all. Yeah. Allow that satisfaction to sit there instead of going like, oh, I got to do more. I got to do more. I'm like, no, be satisfied with what you were able to get done. I love that. Amanda, thank you so much for all that you've shared and you know, some of the the nuggets of wisdom you've given us to go like, okay, let me chew on this and think about what it means for my own life. I really love the values and I hope people will sit down and go, okay, let me let me put down my values. And am I living in accordance or am I letting other people run the show? So you really helped us you know, think of some things that I think all of us can sit down with paper and pen tonight and write out. I mean, if somebody wanted to get in contact with you or just follow you, where can they find you? They can find me at Amanda Ewan, E-W-I-N, on Instagram and Facebook. You can friend me on my personal page. I put a lot of stuff there. And my website's amandaewan.com. And I have a podcast called Bounce Out of Bed. And I love having conversations that will help high-achieving people bounce out of bed and just enjoy life more, be less busy, and do more of what they love. Excellent. I'll make sure all of those links are in the show notes below. Thank you again, Amanda. Dear listeners, thank you for listening today. I know you got a lot out of today's episode. Go back and listen again because there were some things that you need to hear hit two or three times before they really get to the soul of like, oh yeah, there it is. That's what I needed to hear. Amanda, I look forward to being staying in touch with you because you and I have some similar values and, and ways that we work and I really value uh, connecting with you at this time. Thank you so much, Katie. It's been a delight. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, take a moment to leave a rating and a review. Interested in learning more about my work and the resources I have to support you in this season of your life? Check out the links in the show notes to connect and learn more. And as always, here's to finding our balance code.